So we kind of like touched on the, the paid media side. We kind of like talked about it in drips and drabs. So I think in terms of, of shifting the conversation to the actual advertising space where you actually have to spend money on the platform, let's talk a little bit about all the different types of objectives you have on LinkedIn and, and what you can actually do with all of them. Yes, so that is a very interesting conversation. Um, so basically, I mean, you've got a, a few criteria. So it's from your brand awareness, um, your engagement, website driver, video views, lead gen. Um, they would really be the foundation of the campaign, as I mm. say. And also what's important is once it's live, you cannot change that objective. You'd have to rebuild. So, um, you know, often we A-B test with different objectives and you have to look at those campaigns carefully because um, it, can, it, does, it can get quite technical at the bottom end of it. But, you know, looking at, is it, are you looking for an impression buy and that bid rate is important and that rate around that's important? Or is it more the actual engagement rates and click-through rates are important? So I think it's very, it, it's, it's absolutely critical that you have those clearly defined objectives up front and also how you're going to measure it. Mm. Because I think often there's a drop-off um, is that, yes, these campaigns delivering and they're doing their thing, um, but where's it going to go once that data is in? You know, um, are you using that particularly on lead gen as well? Mm. Is what is the user's journey through through each of these, um, from the ad, basically through the website to, where, you know, your catchment area of the lead? What's the lead life cycle? Is that being measured? How are you kind of tracking all that kind of stuff? Um yeah, and um, the what I wanted to say was like it almost sounds like a lot of people are reactive to yeah. to the advertising, and I think we've seen this a lot with a small to medium sized businesses is the fact that they start advertising on the platform yeah. without mm. a real plan or without a real goal. So they'll go to brand awareness objective and be like, oh, I want to create some awareness for my business, yeah. thinking that's going to generate leads, yeah. and it's not necessarily what's going to happen because you have a, 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 an objective specifically for lead generation. Yeah or for driving someone to your site. So someone would choose brand awareness, not knowing that that's actually not what they want to do. If yeah. you if you had to peel these, the, the layer of the onion, yeah. it's then you realize, oh, I actually need leads, or I actually want to drive people to my site. Or even though brand awareness is good thing to do, it also, de- is also needs to be contextual to the budget that you have available, co- considering that the platform is, is yes. quite expensive. Yeah. So someone would choose brand awareness, they would run the ad, so they would spend 5K, nothing's happened. They see all these metrics yes. and they go, no, it hasn't worked for us because we hadn't had a single lead. Yeah. And I think that's what's currently happening to a lot of people. They go to LinkedIn, experiment, because ideally you can do it yourself. Yeah. You don't need an agency. Obviously, if you want to do it right and if you want to ensure that you've got a st- strategic plan and a, and a goal, what, 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 you can get someone who's obviously an expert at it. But I think a lot of people go try it out themselves yeah spend four or five grand and don't see a result and then say, oh, LinkedIn doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I think, like, when you're planning your campaigns as well, is make sure all um, the techie stuff is set up. And why I say that is because ultimately, even if you're doing a brand um, awareness campaign, is if it's driving through to that website and your tags are running, you can actually get that catchment area building on LinkedIn mm. so that your next campaign is now massaging them down that sales funnel in a richer um, way that is more on point for what they're looking at. Mm. So say for instance you've got um, an IT system that you're selling 
and um, you you know you you want to you're looking for new prospects. So you know it's they might not be aware of your brand or the services, whatever mm. it is. So yes, okay, I'm going to do a test of brand awareness and engagement, and I'm going to like I cannot stress A/B testing is so critical on this platform because of exactly your conversation around you know. Um, what are the metrics and why are people doing this, you know? So um, if on both of them you have your insight tag set up on your website, means that that person, fine, they might not be a lead today, mm. but they click through and they were, you know, their interest is peaked enough that they went through to the website. And either it lands on a particular page orientated around the product you are pushing or yeah. the homepage, whatever your strategy is, is then you've got that person building on the back end there's an audience building up so say for instance you've got your homepage audience building up so that the next campaign is that you can start then moving them closer to that lead yeah. because ultimately you know a banting lead is you're going to pay for that obviously there's a more premium and I mean this is not only on LinkedIn it's right across do you call it a banting lead yes a banting lead why so a banting lead is basically someone who's ready to buy okay but obviously there's oh. a long so like a hot lead yeah, basically yes it's a long journey to get a person to be that banting lead and you know um it's 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 just you know you might need t 10 to 20 pieces of content and touch points mm. to convert that person so that's why i think it may lead lead gen is quite a complicated science in yeah. itself you know it's not instant you know you've got to catch a person at point of inspiration and that they need product you know or yeah. want it or whatever you know if it's retail it might be a bit different but no 100 you know. and i think essentially also it depends on the ticket item that you're selling because Absolutely. the the higher the ticket item the more work you have to do in Correct. convincing this prospect that this is for them and i always say the sale only happens when value exceeds price. Yes, yeah. Now, what can you do with your LinkedIn campaign that's going to help them understand the value? Absolutely. Because that's what it comes down to. And I think a lot of people don't get that. They're like, yeah. we have an IT solution. It's going to help you grow. Here's why you need to buy it. Yeah. The business owner is never going to just invest 20 grand a month for that IT system or whatever it might cost yeah. if he just thinks it's going to help him grow his business because his first question is to be like, how is it going to help me grow my exactly. business? Why is it going to help me grow my business? Exactly, yeah. Do you even know what kind of business I am in and how ca how sure are you it's going to help me grow yeah. my business or run my business more efficiently? Yeah. And I think people don't necessarily really, again, I like ref referencing the, the layers of an onion, but people don't do that. They just yeah. kind of like say, this is going to help you grow, but there's all these layers that the, the decision maker um has to go through and kind of like understand yes. and i think from what i'm hearing you say like it's really really important to plan your campaign yeah. appropriately and accordingly because you can't just go and start experimenting randomly unless you've got an endless budget to play around yeah. with but you need a goal yes. you need a clear objective and then it's about really getting to that point of okay cool how am i going to articulate what I need to articulate to answer the, the potential questions this decision maker might have at the end of the day yeah. um, in order to get them down this funnel. Yeah, and I also actually want to add there's some interesting units on LinkedIn as well that if you have an active company page, so your organic presence is quite strong, there's already you know, um, a fairly um, strong brand affinity on, on the platform in your segment, I mean, you might be quite niche, mm -hmm. you know, is that you can also use things like um, a follower ad and a dynamic ad. So... They, yes. um, they will only appear on your desktop, but they almost look like a recommendation from LinkedIn. And that's really a nice way to leverage growing your um, organic base if you are obviously quite active on the platform because that can also help lead gen mm. campaigns down further the line. down the line because you can actually target your um, followers of your 
um, company page so you know you might even have a unique campaign just for those members because you know they've bought into the brand they're interested in the content that you're sharing and now you would like to perhaps educate them on maybe a new introduction or a new technology um, that the business has and you can take it from a far logistic uh, like a, a, a far um, focused way in mm. terms of your targeting so there's a lot of room to play in terms of um, being a campaign manager on yes. LinkedIn but don't make it too complicated either I mean you don't want your head spinning you know rather like I say once you've got your plan in place um, and even if it's only up to three months, that's absolutely fine. Mm. And uh, one tip I would like to share is if you are going to do lead gen, do it for three months. Okay. Rather, you know, spread your budget differently, but do it for, for three months um, because of, you know, the cadence and how that the, the tool works. It, I, I see better um, delivery rates and success. And also in your first month, you can basically say that's about testing. Mm. It's about eliminating your bad leads. It's, you know refining that audience so that you actually have a better quality obviously for engagement and brand awareness you will have different metrics and that's absolutely fine yeah but keep changing you know uh, changing it up a little bit tweaking it just those small nuances can mean the greatest success and uh, i think when it comes to all the different objectives what we can maybe do is have a look at some of the most common ones mm -hmm. and maybe just explain when you would use them and how it kind of works sure. so maybe let's start with brand awareness for example because that's probably one of the most popular ones at first yes um maybe give us an idea of when companies should be using this and what kind of metrics should they look out for when they do use this yes i think brand awareness is really about driving you know um it's probably simple messaging um using um uh, your website because you know you want those metrics measured and it's a simple measurement you know you are not going to be looking at followers um, any form of engagement statistics so um, you know it's it's just the algorithm is purely designed to reach as many people mm. with that ad so um, we have a frequency of about I think it's around three on the sponsor content um, per member every 24 hours um, and yeah so I someone mean, can see your ad three times in 24 hours yeah so, you know, and that's also quite nice is if your budget allows and the strategy allows is that yes. you have two different forms of content. Um, so say, for instance, a video and a static ad. Mm. Um, and then you basically reaching that person, you know, you're kind of reinforcing the brand. So this is also another question I get asked is about duplication. So duplication is not necessarily a negative at all on LinkedIn because you're actually just reinforcing the brand, but in different ways. Duplication so in terms of what? Sorry. So um, often, um, let's say they're running multiple online items, right? But there are different content pieces, and they, you know, either it's going to be the same audience, and you know, clients get worried that they're just like inundating this poor person with. Oh, uh, you mean almost like the ads yeah. are competing against each yeah, other? Yeah, there's, there's that dynamic, yes. Um, and then also if it's different audiences, but there is a slight duplication. Okay. So in certain areas, remembering, as, and this is also quite important to take into um, consideration, is if you're looking at an enterprise business, a medium to enterprise business, as the bigger the, bigger the business gets, um, the more decision makers tend to be involved. Mm. So that is where duplication can be an, a, a bonus. Okay. Um, so if there's a duplication of the audience, so if you you know you have um, s some of the matches, um, it can work quite well, um, and also in terms of content as well, as long as the content is different, mm. you know there's tweaks or there's a video or there's 
you know, it's a variety in there. And in terms of daily budgets around starting out, let's say SME had to start out a minimum daily budget, I think is like 80 bucks today. Okay. Like I don't think you can run an ad less so, than 80 bucks a day. Correct? Uh, this is also a question I get asked very often. So um, there is a minimum spend of $10 a day on LinkedIn. So that's your absolute bottom, you know, minimum. Yeah. But really, um, because it's an auction-based system, is when you that advertiser is actually paying for the audience that they are targeting. Yes. So yes, we have generic benchmarks that we can, you know, give, guide us. Yeah. But ultimately, that's why when you're on Campaign Manager, you'll see there is a forecast tool, and that forecast tool is literally working against the audience that you have chosen. So it's very formulated and, you know, tries to um, match that data as, as best it can. And it's mm. real time. So what you will get in the system is, say, for instance, you're looking at um, IT managers. Jeez, I'm stuck on IT today. No, shame, man. <laughs> but, um, That's perfect. So, um, or in the edu-, edu sector as well. So you have now got your, um, you know, um, uh, target audience in place is when you go down to your bid um, section, there will be different strategies that you can look at. But if you do manual bid, you select manual bid, there's a little drop-down menu that happens. And it will give you the medium recommended bid on that audience at that time. Okay. So as an example, um, it might be $23 as the low buy to win the bid or $53 as the high end. Then what you can do is it will have the medium in there. You can actually play around with that figure. Yeah. And it, the forecast tool will then change on the right-hand side to say... I've seen that, that yeah. yeah. this is kind of the um, expect, you know, engagement or CTR, whatever your um, objective is, this is what you can expect. So as a campaign manager, that's quite important because you'll see if your campaign is under-delivering. Yes. If you choose a low bid, you can always by all means test this, is that... Um, you might see the cadence and the delivery of the campaign very slow. Mm. So if the client has time and they don't mind that slow cadence, you can test that strategy. However, the medium is probably the best, yeah. you, you know, um, kind of in terms of how everything works together. Um, if you're seeing, um, you know, it like the, the kind of three key areas that you look at when you see a campaign is um, not healthy, as, as we say, mm. is um, you look at the bid rate. So if your bid is too low, that can have an impact on the campaign. So yes. that's one of the easiest things to change. So you can either set it by a daily spend and a lifetime spend. Then you have your audience targeting, of course, so that you can change immediately while the campaign is live. You can just make those um, you know, quick changes. And then, of course, it goes down to the creative. Mm. So there are tricks, there are best practice guides for creative, you yeah. know, um, and, you know, listicles, thought leadership, women in business, all of those are, you know, do well. But, um, yeah, you know, um, it, it does come down to those criteria, but ultimately it all comes down to objectives. Yeah. So um, currently, you know, we're seeing in South Africa, because different territory have different behavioral patterns is engagement is working very well and it's quite nice in the delivery of a campaign because you see the things of shares 
which is nice because um, obviously your reach goes out yeah more, you're getting extra reach for free and that's also why employee advocacy is so important because mm. that also extends posts like that then you've got um, follows social engagement comments and remember those all go into feeds which are transparent and their networks are seeing so that's how it kind of grows your your reach and LinkedIn are introducing reach reports within your campaigns which is quite nice reach reports would be what oh it, it actually shows you who you reached I saw that Correct, so yes. we were experimenting with that because now you can actually exactly see what kind of job titles you reached, what type of companies you've reached, yes. uh, how they've engaged. So we look at the CTRs, the click-through rates, which means that the percentage out of 100, basically, how many people have engaged with this post out of 100, yeah. and you get a percentage. And if it, you know, we can see that, oh, this post resonated really well with people, and we're going to use your example, in the IT space, yes. or <laughs> this post worked really well with for people in the mining industry. Yes. And those are your low-hanging low fruit in terms of 100% lead, lead gen or, or perhaps, you know, just really building up those relationships from brand, you know, if yeah. it's brand awareness, then, then you would be focusing on, you know, educating and, um, you know, that awareness yeah. factor in essence. No, exactly. And, you know, I want to explain maybe to those listening is that we've, you've mentioned the word auction yes. because that's technically what it is. It's a real live auction happening. And you've mentioned that, you know, you can manually change the bid or what you're willing to spend to reach someone's feed and I think I've explained it like this and this is the best way to kind of like articulate it, is that it's actually for those of listening like have you ever been to an auction it's like literally where they say I've got a hundred rand of year I've got a hundred and oh I've got 150 I've, do I have 200 I've got 200 uh, I've got do I have 300 I've got 300 350 and that's a thousand rand to the guy in the back and and that's essentially technically what an auction is and that's what's happening in real time based on machine learning artificial intelligence and all kinds of algorithms Brands technically competing against each other for for that feed, yes, right? Well, similar advertisers in terms of their target audience, but I must also emphasise is that the second bid wins the auction because otherwise people are going to say, "Well, geez, it's going to skyrocket." You know, yeah. I'm paying like it's oh, just. Oh, so the yeah. second bid wins so the auction. It's actually the second win. Uh, second win. Listen to me. The second bid wins the auction. So it actually is more fair to the advertiser as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's um, well. You as an advertiser don't have any control over this, obviously, because that's the algorithm. All you can technically do is just set your bid and hope for the best, and then look at the report and see how many people you've reached. Or, or what you do is like you can you can do an auto bid, so that also works exactly. for, for massive massive campaigns. It's actually um, better to set an auto bid. Mm. I think that if you um, you know there there are quite a few tricks if you're working on a smaller budget is um, CPC buyers tend to be more expensive. Mm. But then obviously you literally, if that is the criteria and the, the click is of high value to you, I totally yeah. get that strategy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really is about, like I say, A-B testing. So, you know, maybe a first-time advertiser could um, do the same piece of content, the same audiencing and different bid strategies. Or they could do the same content, different audiencing, which would mean different bid strategies by nature because yeah. the cost of the audience will be different. They might be quite similar, but there will be differences. Um, so also it depends on the activity on the platform. So they're, you know, um, they're very popular audiences. So for instance, anything with mass affluence, C-suite and above, mm. Um, graduates, students actually is very popular. I mean, because of the edgy, I mean, edgy guys use LinkedIn very successfully. Mm, we've got an education yes, client. Yeah, oh. so um, they really are um, growing more and more on the platform. So quite interesting. I mean, we work um, 
with the sales teams and the marketing teams in terms of this um, in the edgy space. And it's fascinating because Facebook can give the volume at a very low rate, but not necessarily the quality. Mm. Whereas LinkedIn is kind of the opposite, where it's maybe less leads, but higher quality and better conversion. So um, some of our clients, we're kind of training them to now start measuring the lead cycles. Some Someone might show interest in, say, an MBA this year, but can't afford it, or there are other issues in play. Um, but doesn't mean that that's a cold lead you know mm. maybe for now yes but to keep the conversation and contact going is imp- very imperative to success for future campaigns and that person eventually does come back at a better time so we're trying to kind of have all those you know um measurements in place with a business but yeah i mean um just coming back to that first time advertiser it is about experimentation mm. and like i say you know rather um do it like a three-month cycle is is a winner. I just yeah. personally see campaigns really coming into their own. The bid drops rates, so consistency is key. To think, you know, better bid rates, better um, you know um, audience targeting because you've got demographic click reports. You've got a whole bunch of you know um, background information that you've maybe sourced from the website, and that helps you improve those campaigns month mm. on month. And in terms of the the post engagement objective at the end of the day, or the engagement objective, how would that be different to awareness? And again, what do people need to be cognizant of when they're going to run those type of campaigns? Yeah, I think you know what it's it's very important that um, like say for instance engagement. So when you go into campaign manager, there's a little um, question mark um, button that you can um, select mm. and it will go into an explanation of what that algorithm does and you know if it's an engagement campaign it will give you that it does you know it will measure all the follows that all the, everything that happens it clicks everything on that unit whereas on um, a website driver as um, an example it will only catch a, that, that click that goes to the website mm. that's it that is it there will be nothing else. Well, in terms of yeah. rep- reporting, yeah, right? Yeah, So it, it can be a bit daunting because you think, geez, you know, this campaign doesn't look like it's performed, but it, it on that objective, it actually has. Mm. So you might see on a click-through, it's a lower CTR rate, but a higher impression rate. Whereas in an engagement, it's the other way around. Okay. But but like I say, I'm talking very generally. I mean, no, this for is sure. very, very general. Thank you. Because there's just such a variety of, of, of criteria that, can impact this but um, I cannot stress enough is really think about the objective as your first building block so um, you know like I say do um, a brand awareness with an engagement line item and see what you get from that and that will give you good guidance into terms of future campaigns for that business okay so and so again again when it comes to the engagement um, that is obviously different to brand awareness. And this is the algorithm, correct me if I'm wrong, is going to be showing that ad to people who are actually more prone yes. to engage because the algorithm can pick up whether... Because you get a lot of people They're who are very... My wife, I look at my wife and she's the classic kind of like a... What is it? Just in the back looking at what's happening. Mm. She doesn't really comment, share and like and engage with posts. She just scrolls. So you get people who just scroll and, and consume, and then you get people who actually interact and are social. Yes. And the algorithm obviously can pick that up. Therefore, correct me if I'm wrong, the brand awareness ads will be shown to people who correct. are not necessarily going to engage because they're more of the consumer type of person yeah. versus 
the engagement ad who's actually going to be shown to people who are more prone to take action yeah. when, when it comes to seeing the post. So it really is, you'll see it gives you quite clear definitions of to serve uh, to um, as many people, you know, um, you have that interest base mm. down. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it definitely is um, something to be experimented with. And I mean, like video views, it's also quite interesting is if you have a video run as engagement versus video views, um, once mm. again, the algorithm will work specifically to focus on that the video gets viewed, you know, hmm. um, um, in, in that line. Item. So people are going to click like, comment and share on that video ad, which is you've used, and just to break down how the campaigns are structured, you've got campaign level, ad set level and ad level. Campaign level is what you want to do. Ad set level is kind of like who you want to target and your budget kind of vibe. And the ad level is what are you going to show? What are you going to say? type of type of content and if you consider the fact that on the engagement side you can run a video yeah. however it's an, an engagement Different objective metric, yeah. so people are going to see the video but they're going to click like and comment and share but if you choose a video objective campaign you're going to get more views Correct. technically right it's designed specifically for that yeah mm. but i mean you will still get the metrics um actually i'm glad we're speaking about video as well because <laughs> um Video, so how you post a video organically on your um, company page um, is not necessarily the same specs as when you post a paid campaign. Really? Yes, and it's actually something to um, be aware of. Um, I mean, obviously, all the specs are on the back end. You can yes. go into the help repository of LinkedIn and get that. But um, it saves a lot of time and frustration as to why your video is sitting in review. Um, when you basically boost it from the page, it's because that actually the organic posting is not within the paid media specs. Ah. So as a tip, go and find the paid media specs of a video and build your organic postings like that. Um, videos will perform better. Um, oh, it's just best practice, guys, actually, but best practice to um, post the video natively. Obviously, you can still have it linked to YouTube and that, but you'll get better analytics and better performance if it's done natively. Mm. I think probably all social media platforms are designed that way, that their native stuff would yes. perform better. But I still see people doing that. Um, and obviously, something that we actually haven't spoken about today is um, LinkedIn Live and the events tool as well. That's mm. all new. So is live available to everybody? Yes. Okay. It is. Because um, in because in the beginning of the year or like a yeah. couple of months ago it wasn't. No, it's just the ramp up. I think okay. obviously the the capacity of that ramp up. Um, and events is also available to um, business pages. Um, it's organically. We can't boost it yet, but I think that's yes. the, the, on the product map. Um, so um, I'm getting very good feedback from um, businesses that are using it. So it's quite nice. You don't necessarily have to have a LinkedIn Live yeah. um, application if it hasn't gone through yet or you haven't done it. You can actually still link it um, in terms of your invite. So if the webinar or whatever is happening, yes. you can still use your third-party invite link in there. Okay. So there is a nice a lot of flexibility. Um, also for small um, and, and medium guys is that you can now um, connect from the company, you can connect from the company page. You can invite people 
So basically, it's the admin's first degree connections. Can okay, be you can invite them to find Yes, them. up to a thousand people. Oh, okay, cool. And then once you've hit that, then no more. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Will, you'll have to figure out other ways. But it's just a nice value add, I think, particularly for new guys coming in, onto the platform. For sure. Um, so that's a bit of time. And also, I think that's quite strategic. You know, you're going to have to strategically think about that. Mm. And it just shows the importance of having a good, healthy um, network from Correct. a personal capacity. So it's worth taking the time to, as you say, what you did with your marketing managers. It's worth yeah. the time long term. I want to talk about the last three ones, which is traffic, which we've touched on, um, lead generation and in messages or messages, basically. So yes. when it comes to traffic, before running a traffic ad, it's obviously very, very important to understand that there's a tracking pixel, yes. a code, yes. piece of code mm -hmm. that you have to put on your site so that, you, so that the site can talk to LinkedIn mm -hmm. and so that LinkedIn can talk to the site. Yes. And a lot of people don't do that. So when you are running website traffic ads, essentially you're missing out on a lot of additional insights which could help you improve the campaign and even your business essentially purely because you forgot or you didn't know that there's a tag to install. So maybe tell us a little bit about the tag, what you can do with it and all that kind of stuff. Oh, my favorite subject at the moment. Cool. Do, I'm doing a lot of this um, digital hygiene to help clients. So very, very important um, is that Firstly, the webmaster must um, take that pixel. It's a bit of JavaScript. Um, it's quite nice because it's just one pixel that does so many things. It needs to be implemented on the global footer or header. And this is actually quite important because it's something I've recently picked up is that if it isn't done on the footer or header, the global footer or header on the website, is that what happens when you introduce new landing pages into a campaign? is they do not get tracked. Uh, okay. So it's one of those nuances that is so easy to um, overlook. So just ensure with the webmaster that it is on the global footer or header. Yeah. Often it just gets put on the home page. And then what you will see on the back end is you'll see that page is firing. But and then the aren't. others aren't. And then you don't understand why that's happening. So it's just because the um, inside tag is um, not implemented correctly. So that's the first step. Secondly is that with that, um, once it fires, you see it pretty quickly. You'll definitely see it within 24 hours in terms of the back end that nice. it's communicating on your campaign. And it's a little green yeah, little, little light that you get. Says, yeah. Um, one minute ago, active, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, you then go to where it's a, a, it's called website audiencing in the tool. You then have to build your website audiencing. So it doesn't happen automatically that, yay, the tag is firing and all this information is going to mm. come through. Nope. There is another layer. You have to say, you have to basically tell the system what it's tracking. And then you need um, a naming convention. So as an example, you would say, um, you know, homepage, contact page. Um, ERP systems or you know maybe it's a particular course like MBA courses so that you know that when someone clicks on that particular button that's then they're interested in that particular program or product and it's got the correct naming convention so that when you're in campaign manager and you select matched audiences mm. you can then talk to those members with that campaign okay. so it's an additional added layer onto any existing campaign that yeah. you've got very very powerful over time yeah i think that's one of linkedin's most powerful features similar with facebook is that you can then essentially retarget everybody who has been to the specific page yes and i think a lot of people but, yeah. a lot of people would look at it and go oh that's cool they don't understand 
the power of remarketing because essentially if you've set up your conversion tracking correctly like you've just explained and you've named your pages and, and you're building audiences around the people who visited your home page contact page pricing page it's very powerful because now you can retarget people who visited your pricing page but did not convert into a lead now as a marketer you can ask yourself what are the main reasons why people might be objecting against my price is it too expensive am i not articulating the value of my product well enough because if value exceeds price a sale is going to happen essentially so maybe i'm not articulating the value maybe people think that i'm expensive when i'm truly not because i don't understand the norm the industry benchmarks in terms of pricing or what my competitors are charging so when you plan a remarketing campaign it becomes extremely powerful because now you can explain your pricing better in the remarketing ad knowing that this person has visited your pricing page so you can say think that we are too expensive yeah. here's why we actually you know the most affordable in the country or you know are you unsure of whether we're a fit for your type of business here's why essentially you know we've helped companies just like yours whatever it's, 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 we've seen it uh, sorry to i know you wanted to say something there, but we've seen that testimonial ads work extremely well where people just need a bit of an extra yeah. bit of extra confidence yeah. knowing that your company is essentially the right fit for them and that's where we would bring in a testimonial ad, retarget them and saying, this lady has helped, this, we've helped this you know, lady or company grow her business or, or their business by X in so many months and this is kind of like what we did and that kind of like gives them that extra confidence to, to actually inquire. And you wouldn't have been able to do any of that. You wouldn't have been able to laser target that exact person with that message if yeah. you didn't have this pixel installed. Yeah, and it saves you a lot of money long term as well. So ultimately over time, um, it becomes more and more critical um, to your strategies. Um, so, you know, definitely um, a, such a valuable tool and it's already there to use, um, you know, mm. for clients. Um, another nice thing about it as well is that on any of your campaigns, you do need a firing insight tag to measure conversions on your campaigns. Okay. So there are quite a few um, fields that you can choose from. So it's key page views, leads, whatever your submit button, whatever the criteria is. Um, there are there are also additional layers in there that you can you can choose as well so you can get that information um as well as your website audience is mm. building so it's got real value to that little piece of javascript no it's awesome <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the last two which is lead generation and messages so starting with lead generation i don't think a lot of people would i mean it means that we want to generate leads but the nice thing about this is that it actually instantly opens up a form and kind of like almost pre-populates the data that that, link, that LinkedIn has got of that individual. Yes. And mm. then they can submit that form and you can be notified, well, not notified, depending if you've got external uh, tools set up that will help you notify that there's yeah. been a lead. Yeah. And you can then download those leads right in the back of Ads Manager, correct? Correct, yes. So there's a couple of things around lead gen. Um, firstly is that I'm going to mention that A-B testing. You see what I mean? It's like, it just always comes out of my mouth. No, but cool. um, the A-B testing is that you can A-B test the LinkedIn tool. So that would obviously use um, the fields that are populated within a person's profile. So when you fill out, um, when you're building the unit, is you will have different fields. Um, we just see kind of the sweet spot in about maybe four fields asked. So it's your name, surname, yeah. email address, um, perhaps the cell phone number 
and you can have a customized question because people do not like filling in millions of things, especially mm. as a first contact. Ultimately, you know, you want to have them come into your funnel and then perhaps you have a workflow set up on a CRM system if you have that in play. Otherwise, you know, it might go to um, manually go through to a team member or whatever. Um, a sales team member and they will do a cold call or an email straight away and you really have a very short window. So um, having a automated workflow is crucial. Crucial. It's best practice. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I think a key win is to get that person on the phone. But um, you um, you only have about maybe 24 to 48 hour window mm. and that leak goes I cold. Agree. You're looking at the big insurance guys when they do their tests. They, I mean, look, they do have buildings full of people and, you know, amazing call centers. Um, and they will pull up with that lead within three minutes, if, sure. if that long. So, um, you know, it just goes to show some of those best practice around lead. Another thing is when you are A-B testing, you can use the LinkedIn tool, which I've just explained now. And you can always do a driver to the website where there is a form. Now, one thing I'm noticing is that clients are not doing that lead form above the fold. Whatever you do, do not make someone scroll to fill in a form below mm. the fold. You will lose them. You will just lose them. Um, often they don't see it. They don't know what's going on. They, it's just like it's cumbersome. It must literally be the first thing that they see when they click through. Um, there are autofill capabilities from LinkedIn onto that form, but then obviously you're quite limited in the fields or the questions you can ask. Yeah. So the technology is there to do that because think about, um, um, you know, LinkedIn is mobile centric and we all know fabulous smartphones is that you do a lot of this, um, you know, um, reading through your various social media platforms on your cell mm. and to fill in a form manually is very very cumbersome yeah so ultimately you want to negate that process so just keep that in in in, in the back of your mind and also i think we have a double click gate so you can't um a pocket dial you can't you know um accidentally submit this the the lead form it really has to be a conscious choice because a you go it opens up and it tells you what the offer is yes and obviously you would read what um um the fields are they would be auto populated but there might be one or two that isn't or like a customized yes. question which would just be yes or no so it's quite easy and then you'd have to submit so it's a protection to the client and um, privacy policies are needed because of the GDPR compliance. Correct. Another thing is that when you build leads is that um, if you're running a campaign and it's on a sponsored content ad and you send out a whole bunch go out and then you realize, oh dear, we need to make an edit because there was a spelling mistake or the office changed or whatever it is is you will have to rebuild that entire unit. And that is because of GDPR compliancy. Hmm. Because once a person has served your form, they have agreed to the terms and conditions of that active form at that time. Oh, uh, yes. So that is why, you know, I often hear, um, you know, campaign managers moaning that they have to rebuild these things, is that is why. Um, so it can be a little bit more... That actually makes sense because GDPR is exactly that. Correct. Like what exactly did you sign up for? Yeah, and all your terms and conditions are there in the privacy Correct. policy, which normally lives on the website. Hmm. So often I see people who are new to lead gen in the digital sphere haven't done the private, po private policy, but you can find that anywhere on the web in terms hmm. of what you need to put in there. It's quite easy. Um, but that is a criteria. You can't... It's not even worth starting the build on a lead gen if you don't have that link. So yeah. 
um, just a, another tip in terms of size. Have a, um, a privacy policy page or correct. some page on the site where you are explaining exactly what's going to happen yes. with the data. Yes. The nice thing about, I wanted to say actually, the nice thing about lead forms is that you don't need a site. Technically, that's super no. user-friendly or yeah. has got, if you're in the process of, building a site and you want to start running campaigns the minimum requirement would be just to have a privacy policy page at least yeah because the linkedin lead yeah. inform technically acts as a as a quick landing page where Correct. you can get a little bit of an idea of what the offer is and then you can leave your details yes yeah and i mean also it's very important to understand where that data goes mm. so the data is encrypted and it will stay in the back end for 90 days if you do not use that data it will automatically be deleted okay so this is also quite important especially for enterprise guys or maybe the bigger larger like medium-sized um um, companies is that if it plugs into our CRM it's delivered real time so all leads are sent to someone real time mm. so whether that's an through an automated CRM system that plugs in and I mean um, LinkedIn um, has APIs for almost everything I mean they're pretty jacked up in terms yes. of that um, or you could just have something like a Zapier to build a bridge to send to a team leader email um, but ultimately, you know, you can, as a campaign manager or, or admin on that campaign, you could download those leads and then off you go, yeah. you know. But in terms of the LinkedIn space, it's highly protected. It is never unsold. You cannot use them anywhere else. It's pretty much the same as your ingestions as well. It's, it's um, you know, if you're not actively using them or refining them within 90 days, they'll, they'll get deleted. Mm. The, the lead form is pretty powerful, and I think you've mentioned something which is very, very true, is that the more questions you ask, the less people are going to complete the form because you're creating friction. People don't like friction. Yeah. The nice thing is the more questions you ask, the people who do complete the form are going yeah. to be higher quality. Yeah. So it's about finding, it's about finding that really, balance at yeah. the end of the day and testing out what works best. And yeah. you also mentioned custom questions, which is really important because the point of the lead form is to qualify your prospect yes. so that your sales team doesn't sit and speak to someone who's not qualified to buy your product or service. And I yeah. see this all the time. Yeah. People think that they are going to convince someone to give them their money as opposed to spending your time and energy on people who are already interested in giving you their money. That's that's essentially what how it's going to make your business more efficient. It's yeah. about having your sales team or yourself yeah. reaching out to somebody who is more qualified and someone who is essentially ready to take the next step. And that's what the custom questions will allow you to do. Uh, but again... You need to be cognizant of the fact that the more questions you ask, yeah. the, the the higher the drop off will be. Yeah, I also think it's um, like it can be industry dependent as well. So engineering, mining, um, you could maybe have a more formulated, longer yeah. lead form. Um, you know, um, there are sectors that are quite niche where people are open to. Um, you know, um, sending more information through because of what it is. So um, I have, I actually have a quite a unique client where they um, are in sort of the mining engineering sectors up Africa, and they need surveys done. But very, it's very like it, obviously it's a very particular skill set and um, very stringent criteria. And, um, you know, they need these, these people kind of to fill up these 10-minute surveys. Mm. So it's mm. not exactly um, a short, quick exercise. And they use, um, you know, various metrics on LinkedIn to do yeah. that. Okay. So it really is about the audience. Obviously, if it's kind of, you know, um, automotive, edu, IT, it tends to be the shorter. Yeah. You know, ba uh, banking, I mean, financial is huge on us. And I think also people are very cognizant of fraud today. 
Correct. So they are very careful about what details they are um, just sending through a digital system mm. because of you know we've heard of all these um, data leaks and things like mm. that. So it's completely understandable. So kind of think about actually how the back end of that lead is going to happen is sometimes more important than the lead form. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And then lastly, before we round up, in terms of the the messages objective. Maybe we can quickly touch on that, exactly how it works, and uh, sure. maybe some best practices. Um, so this is the in-mail and the conversation ad. So these ads you, uh, work very differently to your sponsored content. They are available across all screens, so um, you're not limited there, and they can be overlaid with lead gen. So in essence, the in-mail um, and conversation ad is a one-on-one -on -one engagement. So you will have um, a smaller target audience. Um, it's also costed on cost per send. Mm. And as I say, you can only be served one every 30 days and no other, other advertiser can then um, um, contact you. It can actually be sent as a, from the brand or um, a thought leader within the business or from a profile or, or obviously someone with that designated suitable relevant um, person. Um, so often I've seen CEOs have sometimes done it and then, um, you know, we do groom them that they, you know, must be open to be contacted because often the person will then connect with them or there might be a more generic conversation that might happen from that. Mm. So, um, because it's a person, it's a member, they will go and see that that person is real or whatever, you know? So, um, that must just be obviously taken into account, but they work very successfully if it's from a thought leader or someone well-known in the business for that mm. matter. Um, but um, they contain more information, so they are copy-rich. Um, on the conversation ad, you can have multiple links, which is really nice in terms of the website driver. You can have downloads in there, so that's nice for case studies or white yes. papers. And then you can have the lead gen as well. So um, very nice unit. We're seeing some good return in terms of that new launch. Um, and yeah, um, it's, it's a property that you own, so you'll send a little kind of um, customized square ad with that image. And then when the person opens it up in their um, inbox, um, you basically own that space as the brand or, you know, well, as the brand, even yeah. with a thought leadership member pulling through. But yeah, um, you know, it's a very nice um, tool to use in the lower part of the funnel. Um, and once you've had some nice data come through, or perhaps you've got a, um, a, an audience where you've done an, an audience ingestion, and you can then target with so much more information yeah. um, to that person who you already know is you know, bought into the brand or has interacted in some way. 100%. Yeah. I think one thing to be cognizant of is that you obviously can straight out, you know, try and pitch someone an offer and say, hey, here's here's a, a deal for your business. But the problem is, is that people are very hesitant to really engage with those kind of messages because it kind of like feels like a cold call. And again, I think if I can add my experience here is that what's worked for version 8 when I ran LinkedIn in messages or in mails which is now messages basically i suppose i provided value so i asked myself what do i want to see the last thing i want to see is that if because it says sponsored message right like yes. ideally what I happens know, yeah. is that people are aware yeah. that this is yes. an ad yeah, so you can't personalize it in a way saying hi i think this is for you because people would know it's in a sponsored ad so they know that you didn't take the time yeah. to 
craft a unique offer for their business because mm-hmm. it's an ad. So this is where psychology yeah. comes in. Yeah. And I think what I kind of like did was I thought to myself, okay, I can't do that. And I mean, I've tried all of these things and it didn't work. And that's why I went back to the drawing board. Like Some of them work, obviously, depending on the offer. But most of them didn't work for us. So I went back to the drawing board and I said, cool, what can I do that's going to be different, that's actually going to get people to open the message and get people to actually interact? Because a lot of people were opening, but they didn't interact. So I realized that the subject line, because you get a little bit of a, a subject line there that you can obviously add, yeah, yeah. which is quite powerful. Customer, so I know that yeah. that's the first barrier to getting someone interested. Yeah. So we, I said there, um, free book uh, that's just n- newly been published. And we've published our own book, which I didn't bring to give you today, but I'll make sure that you get one. Uh, but we published our own book, and I had the e-version available. So I said, free book that is just hot off the press. Um, and I, uh, basically, that would open it, and then I would just articulate, and I want to give them the free version, and I'll just for some feedback. They're obviously a marketing manager, so this is going to benefit them. Yeah. And we had massive engagement on that, which was really, really powerful. And we collected a lot of people's email ad- contextual email addresses, right? Yes. Purely because of the fact that they, they wanted yeah. that ebook, yeah. uh, which was a published book. So they're getting a 250 rand book for free yeah. uh, in exchange for maybe just giving me some constructive feedback or maybe just telling me what they thought. Yeah. And now I'm connecting with my ideal prospects, exactly. which was very cool. I'm gaining their emails and, and, and that kind of information. Yeah. And now you can further the conversation depending on, on where you want to take this. But that's one thing we did. And I think just be cognizant of, I think a lot of people are going to just start saying, buy this at this price, at this discount. And they're going to be very sad when they don't convert those those prospects into sales. And I think, look, it doesn't necessarily work like that. You need to be a bit more cognizant of the person doesn't know who you are from where you are. So you have to build up a bit of a relationship with them first. Absolutely. I'll give you a nice example that we did. Um there was a travel partner and they had partnerships with various financial institutions and what they did is they siloed those um, each institution and they made um, what like a special offer for the employees of that financial business and the email was then sent and saying you know basically this is for the employees of da 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 and this is the package and, and, and that and they did it to um, all the big five, excellent campaign. They had mm. such good uptake because it was personalized, it was relevant. Um, they knew who they were talking to. And o- obviously around the brand messaging as well, that um, association, there was already in a relationship. Mm. So it was a much easier you know, conversation with that individual. And I think that they, the perception was that there was a lot of value yeah. and it really had good legs for them. No, awesome, man, and that's that's pretty powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. From my side, thank you so much for coming through. We're going to have to round it off here, thank being you. cognizant of time. And I think, look, it was such a pleasure having you in the studio. And I think those listening and watching definitely had a bit of an eye-opener when it comes to LinkedIn. It's been an underrated platform, uh, still an underrated platform. I think people are not aware of its fully uh, the, the full cap- uh, capabilities of this platform. That's for sure. The power of LinkedIn is amazing. So I hope those watching, listening, learned something. I'm sure you did. Thanks for coming through and adding value. If somebody wanted to reach out to you or maybe to Turn Left Media, uh, essentially, where can they get hold of you guys? Um, well, they can definitely reach out to me on my profile. Um, they can send me a message just so that I have an understanding of, you know, um, uh, where they're from. And, and your profile is Anthea. Maybe just spell your surname. <laughs> 
My, my surname is Chittenden. So it's a C-H-I-T-T-E-N-D-E-N. And I mean, you can, of course, reach out to any of us um, at the team mm. at Turn Left. I mean, you know, um, we are nationally based and we have um, people in key areas of Africa. So Kenya, Nigeria, um, Ghana. I think we've just, wow. yeah, we've just extended into there. Um, John Bowles and Marius Kreef are the directors. Um, so John is based in Cape Town and Marius is up here in Pretoria. Nice. So yes, yeah, I mean, we are always open for conversations. Um, we do offer training as well. Um, so yeah. Tell me in the job. website address, turnleftmedia.com. Cosa. Awesome. Yes. You guys can go check it out if you want to learn a little bit more. Thanks again for coming through. All the best. You guys have a great week. And Anthea, thank you. Thank you.